Hello and welcome to the New to Canada podcast, the show to ease your expat overwhelm and be inspired by other newcomers' stories. I am your host, Kate Johnson, and I made the big move from England to Canada in 2017 after falling in love with a Canadian. Join me as I chat with fellow expats and share their unique challenges, triumphs and revelations as they build their new lives here. It's great to have you. You asked, we listened. After receiving lots of requests from listeners to cover the topic of parenting abroad, we give you this episode with Terence Chi from Malaysia, a father of two who moved his family to Toronto from Kuala Lumpur in search of a better education for his kids. I've been in, in Malaysia, they call the parents of a friend is uncle or auntie. Oh, okay. Right Over here, it's like straight, hey, hey Terrence, how are you? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm okay, you know. My son will look at me and say, he just called you by your first name, you know. So, again, then you explain to them, that's how it is here. But in Malaysia, you know how it's done, yeah. They, so they know the difference, yeah. In this episode, we cover how early to tell your children about an upcoming move overseas, what things to do as a family to prepare them and lessen their culture shock, what to expect once you get here, how to support them as they adapt and settle, and we deliver all of this from both perspectives, Terence as the parent and then myself as the kid, pulling from my own personal experience after moving from England to France when I was only 12 years old. Please let us know if this helps your family's journey in any way. Let's start the show. Hello, Terence. Thank you so much for joining me this morning. How has your week been? Uh, it's been challenging. I've had to do a lot of rescheduling. You know, I have uh, condo renovations. Thank goodness. Oh. <laughs> uh, they came to a stop this morning. I was like finding ways on how to get around this. But yeah, they've been well behaved so far. Contractors, so. Oh gosh, busy, busy. Yeah, especially this year. So how are things in Toronto? You guys have pretty much locked down again, right? Effective yesterday, I believe. Mm. Yeah, we took a step back. Yeah, again, it's adapting, readjusting again. I, I don't think it's anything new, but we just have to behave ourselves. Exactly, yeah. Well, here's hoping things improve soon. I'm I'm guessing they're trying to get things under control in time for some kind of normal Christmas. <laughs> so we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, fingers crossed. Yes. Yeah, so Terence got in touch and generously is donating his time to us today after we posted something on social media asking for newcomer parents. We've received quite a few messages now from listeners who would like to hear what it's like to bring children overseas and all the ups and downs that naturally go with that so yeah I'm so grateful you volunteered your time and you are so seasoned at this topic so I'm sure you'll have a lot of great tips to share so so thank you you're most welcome I, I'm just happy to be here to share share the experience yeah this is going to be really interesting because you are obviously the parent moving the kids abroad and then I have personal experience being that kid <laughs> so backstory my my parents dropped the bombshell when I was 12 years old that we were moving from England to the south of France so as a 12 year old I yeah I can share some insight into what I appreciated from their delivery and how they handled it and my personal experience of of being so young and and uprooted so so yeah we have two sides of, of the coin here which is exciting yeah great Okay, but first, let's dive into where you are originally from. So you were born and raised in Kuala Lumpur, which is the yes. capital city of Malaysia. 
Um, yeah, and I'm really excited to talk about it to you because, yeah, I have actually spent a lot of time there myself. Oh. Yeah, it makes a change for this podcast. I'm usually like, oh, I really want to go. Tell me everything, asking all the stupid questions. So, yeah, now I'm actually going to know what you're talking about. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yeah, so as a, a Kaolite, I love that terminology, tell us some facts about the city and, and what it's got going for it for, for someone looking to, to pay it a visit. Ah, oh, Kuala Lumpur is a uh, is a hodgepodge of everything that's going on, right? Um, mm-hmm. You have the modern, a bit of history, um, a lot of growth, a lot of progress, a lot of ideas, a lot of energy. Uh, it's a safe place to be. Um, and if you're earning Canadian dollars, uh, you get to spend three times harder. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah, even just digging through my old photos to, to prepare for this interview, I got so nostalgic. And yeah, I just want to go back there so badly. It, it's just incredible. So... Um, what are the things that you can recommend visiting? So obviously the Petronas Towers. Yes, Petronas Twin Towers. Um, still the tallest uh, twin towers uh, in the world. Get that badge of honour, that's great. <laughs> yes. They have an amazing like rainbow-coloured water show, I remember, right? Like right by the, the bottom of the towers. I remember there's like yes. a big fountain and that's we right. sat and watched that. That mm-hmm. was amazing. Yeah, it's a huge, huge fountain. Uh, it's become a, a splash pool for kids. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, and... Uh, KL, I think KL, the gel that holds the whole place together is basically food. Uh-huh. You know? Anywhere, everywhere you go, you can always try some kind of a local delicacy, you know, food of all kinds. Mm-hmm. There's no place specific, you know, for, for certain things. But yeah, you can get food everywhere. Yeah, they have amazing night market, right? There's, I remember night going to the night everywhere. markets. Oh. Yes, every day of the week, there's always a night market somewhere. You just need to know <laughs> where. Uh-huh. Night markets, uh, we have Batu Caves. I'm not sure if you... I did, I went there, yes. Yeah, Yeah. uh, it's a Hindu shrine, right? So many stairs. Yes, yeah, it's a a limestone cave um, with the Hindu shrine in there. You know, there's like a walkway path, you know, 300 over steps to get up to into the cave and um, yeah I remember that I have a funny story so we were halfway up the stairs and then it started pouring with rain so we had no choice we were like do we go up or do we go down yeah. but it's like equal amount of times there's so many stairs so we just kind of ran up kept going up and then yeah that's funny but um oh it's incredible yeah yeah so it's got plenty of things to offer uh, it depends on what you're looking for one other thing I had in mind ah yeah the different because we're a multicultural com- country Right and different religions, different cultures, uh, different places of worship. It's it's, it's in our place uh, for people to visit if if they so choose. Yeah, it's like a huge mixed race community, isn't there? There's there's mm-hmm. people from just countless number countless number of different countries living and working there. So yes. is it similar to to Singapore in that way, with that level of multiculturalism, living in harmony together? Yes. Would you say exactly the same? Um, Singapore is basically. A little bit more sterile, if you want to say that. Um, a little bit more clean. Right, yeah. Chewing gum's bad. Chewing, yeah, exactly. You know, um, But it's, it's, it's basically a reflection of um, where Malaysia can be, you know, where, where it can get to, right? Right. It's ways ahead of us. Um, a, a good example of, you know, where we should be. Yeah. So in Kuala Lumpur, when, when you were growing up, did you get to know a lot of people of different backgrounds, I'm assuming? You had friends from, from all over? or Yeah, all over. Especially this time of the year, it's Diwali. You know, I'll be jumping from one Indian friend's home to the next, oh, you know, amazing. regardless whether he's Hindu or he's Christian or whatever. As long as you're Indian, you'll be celebrating Diwali, you know, with the cookies, you know, the, the, the curries. Oh, amazing. Yeah. To experience all those different cultures and religions, that, yes. that must have been so great. 
Um, and then the shopping, right? That's a huge part of yeah. Kuala Lumpur. <laughs> Tell us about that. The, I remember going to a huge, huge mall. I, I don't even remember how many floors there were, but there were so many amazing beautiful copies of designer brands right so like the bags and the watches yeah. and oh it was so great but um yeah there's a lot of money spent there <laughs> oh yeah 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 it's uh yeah malaysia unfortunately i i i term it as un- unfortunate it's a shopping culture yeah every weekend where where families have time it's default you know it's a default thing to do you head to a shopping mall yeah. to enjoy the air conditioning the food the coffee places the cakes but people do it on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, you know? How different is it? Right. And then I guess there, if you wanted to escape the city... So when I got there, I it was funny because I had literally just been sleeping in the 130-million-year-old Taman Nagara rainforest. Ooh, nice. um, so I'd slept in there in this, in this cabin in, in the middle of this rainforest. And then I ended up in Kuala Lumpur, which obviously is a built-up city. So the contrast was crazy. Um, so my memories of the city is just obviously concrete and not much green space because in comparison to where I just left. But there actually is a lot of green space there, isn't there? You've got the big park. And then if you do want to escape the city, there's a lot of traffic and things you can do as well, right? Yes, yes. Did you get to yourself to the uh, Genting Highlands? Uh, I went to Cameron Highlands. Okay, Cameron Highlands is about two, three hours drive away from the city. Genting is maybe just under an hour. It's this uh, hilltop casino place. Oh, okay. Yeah, the, the one and only place in Malaysia where gambling is legal. Oh, ooh, good yeah. tip. Yeah, it's 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 the go-to place uh, where a lot of sports car enthusiasts will drive up, you know, because of the roads, you know, going up and coming down. They will drive up there, have coffee, you know, for 2 hours and they'll drive back down, you know. That's that's a, a quick getaway. Oh, wow. My favorite favorite place was Georgetown. Oh, my goodness. I absolutely loved it there. I could have spent way longer there, you know, with the street art and those yes. those colorful buildings. That was yes. great. So, that's what's great about Malaysia. It's quite easy to get around as well, so you don't just have to go to the one place. You can explore and and travel, so. Well, you've got a good good sampling of what Malaysia is all about. Basically. Oh, yes. Yeah, very good. <laughs> so, did you stay in KL right up until you left to study for your undergrad in the States? Was that your first experience living abroad long term? Yes, yes, that's right. That's right. Yeah, first time mm. out of the country. Yeah, and you went to University of Montana. Montana. So you yes. were always really, really close to Canada. Not quite there. Like. Not quite there. Yeah, just four hours away, just by the you know Canadian border, just next to Calgary. So you went to study uh, at the University of Montana. So did you go alone? How old? How old were you? I believe I was twenty. Wow. Amazing. So Kuala Lumpur to, to Montana, what was that like? <laughs> it was an eye-opener. Uh, of all places, Montana, a sleepy university town, laid-back people, friendly people, um, curious people, not too exposed to the international scene. I think we were the first few Asians to be in that city. So it was like a learning curve for both sides. Mm-hmm. Wow, interesting. And then did you return to KL after graduating? So you just did your undergrad and then you went back back to Kuala Lumpur? Or? Yes, that's, that's, that's the usual thing to do then, yeah, mm-hmm. right after. Mm-hmm. So you returned to, to KL after graduating and then I'm guessing you, you met your wife Debbie and then yes. you had two beautiful children, yes. so Jerry who is now 15 and Jet who is now 11. So run us through the events that, that led up to, to moving the family to Toronto, how, how did that come about? Oh, well... Debbie and I actually had our sights uh, set on California, USA, 
to be very specific, uh-huh. you know, from day one. When we got married, we said, okay, that's, it. that's where we want to go. That's where we want to be. And uh, it's, but it's been put in on the back seat, you know, for a long time. But yeah, when it came to the final decision, it was when I was basically let go or basically the, the, the company that I worked for decided to call it a day, decided to pull the plug because we, we were basically part of a huge conglomerate in Malaysia. And uh, this particular division I was working for, the, the management wanted to see some serious uh, returns on investment and they couldn't wait. Uh, they, they pulled the plug and I started to look for uh, replacement uh, employment. Um, after having knocked on a few doors, you know, a lot of promises, hey, uh, you know, Terence, you are the right guy for this industry. We know you, the industry knows you. You're the right guy to run the show, but we want to see some kind of substantial uh, qualification to run the show, which I did not have at that time. So, you know, after oh, a few Even after of, all that experience, that's yeah, so frustrating. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's just a piece of paper, right? Um, so yeah. I thought, then I decided, you know what? I told Debbie, let's, let's go get that piece of qualification and uh, let's see where it goes. And wow. uh, at the time, Trump came into the picture. Okay, so your California dream was dashed. <laughs> yeah, he, he made it a lot easier for us to, hey, look, you know, US, you know, where's the next best place? Canada. And the rest is history, I guess. Oh, amazing. So, yeah, so you looked into moving to Toronto to, to, to obtain an MBA. So you ended up at York University. Yes, yes, I did. You, you, what, were your first, what were your family's first impressions of Toronto? What was, was that the first time that you'd all seen the city together? First time, yes. Really had no clue what Toronto was about. It's about, you know, we, we only know that it's, it's, it's a huge city. It was like, you know, from US shifting to Canada was like a split decision. We know it's, it's going to be a safe place because we, we have family here. Yeah, I have an a auntie out in Mississauga. Oh, great, but Andy. The, the thing is, we did not check with them, you know, about what Toronto is all about, what Canada is all about. We only hear, oh, Toronto is this, oh, Canada is great, it's this. So we didn't think twice about it. Okay, you know, it's like, you know, on the yeah. map, this is where we're going to go. Until we got here, then it's like, whoa. This is different. I thought, you know, to me, an international city was like a, a, a metropolitan. To me, was like London, right? A good mixture of all kinds of cultures, blah, blah, blah. You know, right. maybe New York, uh, LA, not so much. But in Toronto, it's like, this is what international is about. You know, Toronto is like, wow, you know, all kinds of things happening. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, amazing. So many cultures. And, and for you to say that from Kuala Lumpur as well, that, that yeah. is impressive. <laughs> yeah, it was. So would you say it's more multicultural than, than even Kuala Lumpur? Yes, definitely. You know, wow. from everywhere. You have people from Africa, from the Caribbeans, Europe, wow. Russia, you know. Okay, of course, China. China and India, they're everywhere. But, <laughs> but like, the, the concentration is like, you know, it's, it's here in Toronto. Yeah. Oh, great. So that was a really nice surprise that you weren't expecting that. It was. It was. And then, uh, I, I, for me, it's like the bonus is we moved ourselves into Thornhill. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Thornhill. Mm, no. It's, it's a, a predominantly Jewish community. Oh, okay. I've, we had no clue about Because being Malaysians, you do not speak of the country Israel. Oh, okay. The people of Israel. Because, again, it's religion, right? It's a mm. Muslim country. You don't speak about Judaism. I'm still learning, right? <laughs> the, the, the religion, the culture, the people. It's a little bit sensitive, yeah. So yeah. To, to go to Toronto where it's so free to speak and, yeah. and to mingle, that's, that's cool. Exactly. So everything that our Jew- Jewish uh, uh, neighbours uh, do, it's like, oh, is that how they do it? What, what are they <laughs> doing, you know? Um, and all the different <laughs> cultures, you know, Shabbat. It's, it's just 
it's, it's a lot to take in, right? But I feel like that must have been a huge distraction because you're landing in a in a new country, and if you're just kind of in this quiet place, looking around and, and thinking about your decision, at least this way you were kept busy and you had so many people to meet and so many events to go to, and and an environment where yeah, it distracted you almost. Yeah, distraction. I mean, it's it's better to be distracted than you know to put yourself into a dark room. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. Know. You got to immerse yourself in in, exactly. in your new home. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's really cool. How did you end up choosing Thornhill then? Thornhill was more like um, it was close to York University. Okay. It's not too far away. I'm I'm not concerned about commute for myself, right? But ultimately, it's easy for the kids to get to school. Right. Um, the uh, neighborhoods surrounding the university, they're they not known to be good neighborhoods, if you, you, you know what I mean, uh, did not have the best schools. So after searching around and with the help of a, a family friend to help us locate this area in terms of uh, finding a, a nice, nice place for us to rent. And it just everything just fell into place within that one day because of this friend of ours. Oh, amazing. It's definitely who you know, yeah. What can you recommend to families then that are that are looking to, to choose which neighbourhood to, to live in and to move their families to? What would you recommend them doing? Um, I, I can certainly recommend based on, you know, certain factors. Like for me, it was about proximity to the school, Yeah. Um, having a good neighbourhood, safe neighbourhood for the kids to just walk on their own, mm-hmm. right? And not to worry about, you know, those external factors. Um, and depending on what they want, some people just like the, you know, the bustle of a city, you know, living downtown. Some people don't, you know, and it's not for some people who don't want to drive, who cannot drive. They, I, I guess downtown would be a good idea where everything is within reach. To be further away from, from downtown, you probably need uh, your own transport to move around. And if you have a family of maybe three or four people, definitely you, you need a car. Mm. So that kind of factors, you know, uh, newcomers need to consider before you know they, they, they make a decision, I guess. I guess, yeah, you have to figure out exactly what you want and what you see for your family. Um, mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. if you don't have a, a handy friend in Mississauga, you could reach out to a realtor probably, right? These yes. realtors in Canada have uh, extensive knowledge on neighbourhoods and they can really suggest different different things to, to suit you and your needs. So, yeah, I would probably say... If you don't have any connections in Canada, then then reach out to a realtor for sure. Um, and there's so many realtors of all different uh, nationalities and language skills. And oh my God, it's so diverse. So Yes, exactly. Yeah. And we have Facebook. Don't forget that that's where we met. Right? Oh, of you course. Know, you just yeah. post, a, post a question. And everyone's happy. <laughs> Look at me in my old fashioned. Yeah. <laughs> Social media is your friend. Yes. Yeah, that's true. That's so true. Um, so yeah, before we jump into your kids experience, I'd like to know what, what do you think your biggest struggle has been as a newcomer? Ah, my biggest struggle, you know, um, is not knowing what you don't know. I guess that's the <laughs> biggest thing, right? You know, yeah. you, you have a lot of question marks. If you know what they, they are and you can go look out for it, that's fine. But what is it you don't know, but you don't know that you don't know about it, about, right? So that's that's my biggest worry, you know, being in the dark. Yeah, oh, for sure. And then you don't know until it's too late and then you've... You <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what can you do then? So you need either backtrack or change plans or whatever. Yeah, I guess you just have to embrace that as part of the... Uh, the whole experience, I guess, try and make it positive in some way when yeah. you when you make a mistake or yep. yeah. Um, and what are you most proud of personally that you've achieved? Uh, making my kids' life, you know, so much more colorful and interesting. Oh. I, I think that would be my biggest, you know, um, reward or a trophy on a shelf or whatever you call it. You know, before this, my biggest um, reason for leaving KL was my kids did not have a life. You know, they wake up six in the morning to get to school. Their school finished about. 1.30 maybe. So they come home 
and you know have a quick wash, have something to eat, and they're out again for extra classes. Because the teachers in in the in the public schools, they know to hold back. They wow. can teach you everything, right? Because they'll be focused on you know giving extra classes, you know, for extra cash. Because again, teachers are not not the best roles to play in in Malaysia. They they're not even fairly paid. If I'm a, if I can say that, they're not fairly paid. So they go they they need to rely on extra classes. So the kids go for extra classes one after another, and before you know mm-hmm. it, they're back home by seven. Yeah, have a quick dinner and out again. Maybe if they if they need to for maybe another hour or so. You know, and by the time they're home at nine, they are naked. If that's a good word to use. Yeah, and there's no time for anything else. And growing up without any yes, other experiences. Yes, exactly. That's right. You know, it's it's that constant grind that you know it's not fair on the kids. So I thought, you know, it's time to get out. You know, and I never really agreed with the way you know education is put out there for the kids. You know, it's like take this, go home, memorize it. You know, don't ask questions. Don't ask why it's like this. Just take it for what it is. Yeah. Well, I've always said, yeah, exactly. It's just a memory game. Even in England, I felt that way too, and I don't even remember half the stuff that I yeah. cried over trying to memorize math equations that I've never used since. So yeah, it's definitely interesting the different pressures that are put on at that age. Yeah, and to have no choice, I guess, and no no other stress relievers other than just that. That that must be tough. So yeah, what an amazing win to to chalk that up to them. And so they're definitely they're happy and they're loving school and they're happy. They're engaged. You know, they'll be asking questions. Why is it like that? How come you know it's done like this? You know, it's good. You know, I cannot answer you, but yeah, you got me there. You know, I'll I'll try and find out the answers for you. You know, okay, why not go one step better? Go find it out for yourself. You know, yeah, curiosity. Yeah, great. Okay, so yeah, let's let's rewind back then to to being in KL with your family mm-hmm. and and having Canada in your sights on the horizon as as somewhere you want to take your family. Um, how old were your children at the time that you were you're planning to move? Um, that was about. I, like I said, we've been planning for the longest time. They, they, the kids already they understand that you know this is not permanent right, in Malaysia. Um, okay, so you kind of sowed the seed yes. early on. So you already already had that narrative going for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> we did not tell them that we we're going, but you know, hey, you know what? How do you like this place? Yeah, how do you like this place? You <laughs> like this place? You like the people? You know, wherever we go traveling. So we you try to go different places with different different cultures, um, different way of life. Just, you know, get them curious, you know. They'll be like, why are you asking me this question, you know? It's a nice place. It's cold, but, you know. Yeah. Oh, and you get their feedback. That's useful. Exactly. So, you know, just to get them used to, you know, don't get too comfortable with, yeah. in whatever situation you're in. That's a useful mindset to have, I guess, because if you think that you're that type of person that wants to, to have a family and, and move them abroad and you think that's a part of your future, why not include them in, in that process and and start gathering that feedback from them? That's that's really good advice. Just start preparing them early. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You and your wife are, are seasoned pros then. You've uh, travelled your, your kids around and, um, yeah, they were prepared. So, yeah, there, there's such a weight of responsibility for parents in, in that moment if you haven't done that preparation work, right? I can't even imagine to, to sit your kids down and, and tell them that everything they know and they think they're secure is, is going is to be uprooted and, and be unrecognisable. So I actually have so much respect for my parents, the way that they dealt with it with my brother and I. So I was 12 and my brother was 8 and um, yeah, we didn't really see it coming. I guess the first question would be, you've kind of answered it for us, but how early do you tell your kids about an upcoming move? Um, if it's just a, a whim decision that you've made, 
I would probably say to, to do it as soon as possible, right? As soon as possible, yes. Um, but it's a natural thing for a lot of parents to tell the kids, hey, look, you know, you'll be going to university, mm. right? And for, for us at that time, High School Musical was a big hit. <laughs> and Jerry was exposed to that, you know, oh, you know, this is what they're doing, cafeteria, it's, it's lunch break, you know, where they're in the gym, right? So this is the scenario, this is the environment you'll be, you know, you'll be jumping into when you go to school. No pressure. She has to turn up and it'd be like a musical now. <laughs> She'll be disappointed. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> so for them, it's like, wow, you know, this is, school is so cool over there, you know, unlike yeah. the drill we have to go through on a day-to-day -day basis back home, right? So it's different and they, they, they've always been looking forward to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember that my parents sat, sat my brother and down pretty early on in the process too. Probably, well, for us, it was at least a year. Um, which we definitely appreciated a lot. It gave us a lot of time to, to come around to the idea, to process it. Mm -hmm. um, and then they brought us into a lot of the decision-making as well, or at least it felt like that way. They probably made the decisions and then brought us in. But at the time, um, so for example, if, when they found a house that they liked, we were lucky enough to, to be able to fly down to France with them and, and tour the place. And nice. we were able to give our opinions about it. And, oh, that's going to be your bedroom and things like that. It was, you know, it made us feel so included and and prepared for for what was coming so i guess if you can't fly and visit first you could still do that you can show house listings and like what you were saying with the high school musical you could show photos of what typical houses look like and what your neighborhood's going to be and what your school's going to be like just to yeah to paint that picture i think that's great advice wow but, but the thing is it wasn't like so much hey kids we need to speak with you you know please sit down it's like it's like earth shattering moment you know none of that thing but it was more like you know slowly just <laughs> It's like a, a slight segue into all these different, different uh, yeah. points of view, you know, some things to look out for and to, to, to slowly feed them, you know, that there's going to be changes coming along. We, 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 never, we never did it in a way where, you know, sit down, hey, look, um, we're moving. <laughs> we're going to go to a different country. It's, it's, it wasn't that way, yeah. Yeah, I think my parents, I think communication was really important for them. And um, yeah, just being able to, to honestly talk about our feelings were key because I, it was really great that they, they made it so clear that it's, it's okay if you do feel sad about moving. It's okay if you're, you know, if you're going to miss your home and it's okay to miss your school and your friends. So acknowledging that together was, was really important for us. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, just making sure that those systems were in place to, to maintain contact with those people. Because as a child, I was just in panic, like, what? I'm never going to see Nan again? Like, what do you mean? So um, just having those, those systems systems in place like we were testing out Skype with our cousins before we even left you know we had a trip with my nan to come visit already booked so it wasn't like a concrete goodbye it wasn't like what you said it wasn't this earth shattering thing it was just the prep work had been done so that um the new normal would be you know I can still communicate with people and it's not a big deal really so yeah they did a really good job at that fantastic that's good that's good yeah, and I guess like saying goodbye is, is key. Did did you have that time in KL with your kids to, to go to their favorite places and, and have, you know, a proper goodbye? Or did you just kind of pack up and go? <laughs> Basically, yeah, we just packed up and go. Because oh, it, okay. it was a very, um, it was a, a quite a, a bit of a rush towards the end. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it just shows how, how resilient kids are. Because, yeah, if you didn't have much time to prepare and, and they're so happy now, I think as would you would you say that adults often overthink things? You know, you think, oh, my kids are going to struggle and this is going to be such a big thing. And, you know, kids are really resilient and, and they're going to adapt. Um, 
even even me and my brother we we ended up in France where we we had this huge language barrier and um which is a massive culture shock as well we went from built up England to to rural France with no language skills and um my parents were great they actually they paid for a tutor to come to the house before we left which was key so if you have any kind of language barrier coming up for your kids definitely book in some some lessons for for at least I would say six months before if you can um because yeah oh my goodness being able to introduce myself as a 12 year old and you know I always look back on my lesson notes for months into the move it was so so useful um but yeah and then I think if you do have the time um just look into where you're moving to I remember sitting down with my family and and looking at all these fun activities and places we were going to visit and and just definitely finding the positives in that and um having time to 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 paint it like an adventure right not just like oh we're moving because of daddy's work it's like we're moving because it's a family adventure did you did you have that narrative around it as well it was just a family adventure uh yes yes you're right uh uh, we 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 were like looking for things to do you know it's it's no longer the shopping culture in canada we found out you know uh debbie and jerry were like very disappointed what this is the best shopping <laughs> what is this? Right. Yeah, so we started to look at different things uh, to do on the weekend. You know, what do the locals, uh, local Canadians do? So it was it was uh, uncovering a lot of things. Uh, Block Toronto was a good place to go. Again, Google was our best friends. I heard that the Welcome Centre is amazing as well, yes. especially with kids too. So mm-hmm. my friend who who moved with with teenage daughters, she she took them to the welcome center and then it was so informative from a schooling perspective right because they can sit down and they know everything about the schools so you have to find what region you're going to live in first and then make an appointment um and then yeah you can talk about your children's academic levels and get your child to ask the questions about school life and and get all the documentation ready for schooling so well we went to a few in fact just trying to get a feel of you know what areas we will be really settling down in um, yeah, the, the, this this welcome centers were like a destination, you know, on its own. You know, it's not just a place where you get like information and start moving, you know, to all the different destinations. But that one first first stop is essential. Yeah, from there you get a lot of ideas of what you want to find out, mm. what you need to do, what you need, where you need to go to get done. Yeah, it's there's so many services available. So yeah, you definitely get the support obviously it sounds like your children have have thrived and they're so happy which is fantastic would you say you have any any advice for things to look out for if if you are a parent that your children may struggle with initially what would you say could be some initial struggles to look out for um i was more just concerned that they'll be bored knowing knowing my kids they don't do too well sitting around not doing anything so i i had to make sure that you know look this weekend you know it's there's certain things going on around here. We haven't we haven't done this. Let's go try it out. Let's go check it out. Basically, just you know, coming up with new things for them to do, something they haven't done before. Yeah, I'll oh, just keep them busy. It's the same for adults, really. Yeah. You just got to try and throw yourself into the the, the culture, and yeah. and I think that helps with um, you know if they do miss their friends back home or they have that fear of missing out um, or they're feeling a little bit homesick. Um, as a parent, encouraging those play dates and sleepovers and, and parties if they're making those school friends then then create those opportunities to to hang out and then yeah. build those friendships up i remember when i when i found 
my first couple of French girlfriends, which was a huge deal because I'd always, always, always gravitated towards like the English kids, right? Like the easy way. (laughs) So when I'd found French girls, my dad was like, he'll do anything to, to try and nurture that, that friendship. So I just remember he's such, such an amazing dad. He drove two hours to, to take me to my friend's house. And so he drove two hours, dropped me, drove two hours home. And then he waited for me to call. And then he drove two hours to pick me up and two hours back to make sure that I had that time and try and make those friends. Obviously that's like one time he did that, but it just, it just shows that, yeah, making friends with local families definitely should be encouraged. And uh, yeah, if you, you mentioned that one of your uh, children are, is slightly more reserved, right? There's a little bit more quiet than the other. Yes, yeah, because I I think it's it's age, you know. Um, she just moved to a new high school, you know, from elementary school. So again, it's a new new bunch of friends, and uh, the and these these uh, these new friends in that new school have have formed friendships from previous high school. Uh, from the previous elementary school, right? So they know they all know each other. Oh no, so clicky. But for Jerry, yeah, exactly. So for them, and and they're the teenage years, they're a little bit, you know, more vocal, you know. Uh, oh my goodness, and yeah, and it's challenging enough for like domestic teens, let alone like an international yeah. team that's coming into these cliques. Oh, poor Jerry. Well, it, it was she. She was always taking that that that. that, that step back you know having a look hey what's going on here you know okay that's a click there that's a click yeah. click here and then there's a bunch of international students here the international students are normally just mostly um students from china right. so they will mix with their own their oh, own group of people the danger, yeah, yeah they'll be speaking mandarin all the time not wanting to assimilate not wanting to you know to pick up new things you know just living their own the, the life that they know Right. Whereas here, we, I have Jerry on this side. Uh, pressure from me to really open up and reaching out to people, you know, to to make connections. So it was a bit tough for her. Yeah. So did you encourage her to do that? Then did you did she need a little push in some way to, yeah. to try and make friends? Or I guess she she had to. What did you do to to support her? Um, I, I try to talk to her every day because I, I I was I was really worried about how you know she, she can get used to life in in the new school um, previously I, I I heard from her brother that you know she was more reserved half the time she was on the phone during the break oh you had a little spy in your son That's yeah cool. <laughs> useful yeah in 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 elementary school it was easy there was always the brother who was always everyone's best buddy you know from from grade one to grade seven everyone's buddy everyone knows him right so hey your jet sister Aww. That's great, though. You have, like, at least half of your kids you don't have to worry about, right? He's got it. He's fine. Exactly. <laughs> he's done. Yeah, he's, he's, he's okay, right? So, yeah. I, I, right now, I cannot wait to have Jet get into the same high school as his sister. At least he can help her blend in, but I, I cannot afford to wait for that. So, now I try and get Jerry, you know, to, to get into the extracurricular activities, the different clubs, um, you know, the and do the things that she likes, you know. At least she's she's more certain about what she likes to do. So she likes art. You know, go join the art school. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And recently, she's learned to do a bit of coding, a, li- a little bit. Uh, and and with, with the online schooling, she's doing more, m- more technical stuff, learning about the computer. And she basically crashed our laptop just two weeks ago. Oh, and no. we're like, okay, we need to do shopping. Okay, you go do the shopping. What are the specs you need? 
you know, specifications, tell us, you know, what kind of budget, let's, let's see, tell, show me how much you've learned about laptops, right? And she's gone into, yeah. wow, you can do this, you can do that. And we dismantle her laptop trying to fix it. So, oh, what's a RAM, you know? You can replace a RAM. What's this? What's that? What's the difference between this and that? You want to join the tech club now? You know, I said, yeah, 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 I want to join the tech club. So great, you know? So find something so yeah, of interest to you. Go for it, you know? Let nothing stop you, I tell her. Yeah, I guess it's like that extra level of listening as a parent to really pay attention to to their growing interests and then yeah. and then jump on them almost and be like, okay, like what clubs, you yeah. know, what what can we encourage you to do to to make to make friends and to just build that confidence, I mm-hmm. guess, because it's really just being scared of the unknown, right? You're just different and you don't know what to expect every day yeah. and what's going to happen, and you just feel a little bit isolated. So anything to help you gel with everyone is 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 positive for sure yeah i try to direct her as much as i can you know if you don't like drama from your from your classmates stay away stay clear from the drama yeah focus on you know the things that that makes that lifts you up in school yeah go for it and i guess you have that open dialogue with her which is great so you just ask a lot of questions and but then also i guess it's finding that balance of just leaving them to it as well and Mm -hmm. because i know that my my parents were good at that they they let me rest if I wanted some time out it wasn't always like you need to make more friends and you need to do all of this stuff like Mm. it's too much you know there's already so much change and so much stress so I guess it was good for me especially when I was like 13 14 going into my teen years to to have that pressure taken off when I needed it to and a big thing for me actually was well, one was avoiding social media because that would just be awful if I saw my friends back home doing stuff and I was missing out. So my parents always said, avoid social media if you're feeling bad about anything. And then also, um, they they were good at not pushing the whole Skyping with family and friends because I feel like sometimes it made me feel worse to have these FaceTimes with my family and all my loved ones, you know, if I was feeling bad about something or even the complete opposite, if I was loving my life in France and I was, I was super happy, it's almost a bad thing to then bring them back into that space and say, look at your nan that you miss really like a lot. So it's a tough one, isn't it? But, um, yeah, I guess it's just listening to them. Exactly. Um, how did you find the schooling system in Canada then? I know that there's a lot of parents that, that reach out to us and, and they ask us, you know, how does it all work? So we, we touched on it a little bit about the importance of making an appointment with your child to, uh, you know, at the welcome centre or at these, these agencies that, that help find the school and, and help you with your documentation. So, um, I did some research and a few of the the documentation that you need for for new schools can be, you know, your proof of age, proof of address, immigration status, immunization records, a huge thing as well. They want to know like every vaccine your child's had, educational records. So again, it's like a whole nother level, like you've already gone through it for immigration and you've got to do it all again for schooling. But what was it like to to get them into school? Uh, Looking back, it was fairly straightforward. You know, everything's available on the net. Um, and again, like you said, you know, we've, we've gone through immigration and all the information is all there. It's, it's a matter of just getting all the paperwork, giving it to them, you know, for them to look through. Okay, hey, you're missing this document. Okay, tell me what it is. We'll get them. Yeah. And there's, there's definitely, yeah, there's the services that can help you, which is just really good to know because you're not going in blind anyway. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, we, we, we approach this with the idea that we know nothing, Right. We're right. a clean slate. Let's find out what we, we... We know there's things to be done, right? So let's just find out what 
what are the things that we need to do and let's just just get it done right it's probably like one one time once a year at least you know or, or the most once a year you're going to do it you know or when you change schools right so this should be it, sh- it shouldn't be that big, big of a problem yeah you'll always figure it out for sure yeah yeah so what do you think so in comparison to to the education in KL that you were mentioning before what what can you compare it to uh, the the schooling in in Canada I'm guessing you you approve uh Yes and no. Yeah, <laughs> you you said that you know kids in Canada start school early, but the first five years is more like play school all the way. Right. Right. You can you can write your alphabets in lowercase, uppercase, mix it. Nobody cares. Te- the teachers say, "Oh no, we should let them be." You know, we should just let them expand their, you know, artistic uh-huh. horizon. Blah blah blah. I said I don't agree with that. You know, you you need to just you know from the from the start you need to just get the foundations right. And then yes, let them do whatever they want to do. That's how I feel. But so from a really early age, it kind of falls onto the parents a little bit. If you do want some some extra learning, it's it's more for the parents to to prepare them at, at quite a young age. You would say yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And and I came to Canada with a close friend of mine, and uh, he he has a daughter who is in, uh, I think it was kindergarten, going into year one right now, grade one. And the thing she's picking up in school, for me, it's it's some question marks. You know, they let her do as she pleases. And oh, so, like the school discipline is is a lot different to, to Malaysia, you'd say. It's a lot different, yeah. So, and and they allow the daughter to address the grandfather by his first name, which I I don't know. Coming from an Asian culture, I guess it's it's tough to 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 swallow that. But if you explain to the child, you know, about certain things, why it's not, uh, why it's, how it's done or how it's not done, like, you need to first teach them, you know, the right and the wrong, mm. you know. From then, let her decide if she wants to continue calling the grandfather by his first name, go ahead. At least she's, she knows, right, yeah. that she's doing that. And I guess it's like understanding your roots and your culture too. So, yeah, your Canadian friend might call their grandpa by yeah. the first name, but then it's like you're from an Asian background, so the respect, the culture that's expected from, from your roots, it's different. And it's just teaching your kids the difference there. Even though yes. you live abroad, there are certain things yes. that will be different. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, just don't take it for face value. Try and understand the reasons behind it. You know, like when, when my, my kids' friends call me by my, my first name and like, Oh, that's interesting. They'll be looking at me and say, uh, you know, don't they call you uncle or something, right? I mean, in, in Malaysia, they call the parents of a friend as uncle or auntie. Oh, okay. Right? Over here, it's like straight, hey, hey Terrence, how are you? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm okay, you know. My son will look at me and say, he just called you by your first name, you know. Am I your friend? Yeah. Like, what's going on? So, again, then you explain to them, that's how it is here. But in Malaysia, you know how it's done, yeah. They, so, they know the difference, yeah. Have you made trips back to Malaysia at all? Um, yes, I. I, uh, I feel like that would be a concern because you're bringing your Canadian kids back to Malaysia and they've picked up all these bad habits. <laughs> uh, I think they're pretty much still Malaysian kids. You know, they always point out, hey, that's you know, that's not Malaysian way. You know, that's a Canadian thing. Yeah, so they they know the difference. So in in that sense, I've taken care mm-hmm. of that part. I guess yeah, and it just comes back to communication again, doesn't it? Just just making those yeah. those boundaries known and. Um, yeah, just explaining things and asking them what they think about things and reflecting on that. And yeah, it's all a yes. learning experience for everyone. It's yes. so fascinating. Yeah. And what they do after that, you know, at least they know, the, you know, the base, right? What they do after that is entirely their choice. Basically adapt to, you know, whatever environment or situation they're in. 
go ahead. Wow. Well, thank you so much. This has been so interesting. Um, I'm not a parent myself, but I feel prepared to tell my kid that we're moving abroad now. <laughs> yeah. No, we're staying here, I think. But um, yeah, no, this has been great. Thank you so much for your time. And um, yeah, I really appreciate you coming forward. And because, yeah, we were getting those questions about uh, parenting. And yeah, it's been really interesting. So yeah. thank you. You're most welcome. It's been a pleasure. Great. Well, have a great rest of your day. Same to you. And have a great weekend. Thank you so, so much for listening. As always, it would mean the world to us if you could leave us a quick review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening from. And then if you're loving the show so far, recommend us to your friends. Spread word and help us grow this exciting community. Until next week. Bye.